is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I can render. Tell the one who loves you only, I can be so warm and tender. Call me, don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Nancy Wilson with Call Me and a jolly nice way that is to start the programme here on Jazz FM. Hello, it's Elliot Moss here. Thank you very much for joining me and it's Jazz Shapers. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And we do something very special uh, in that we insert into that mix someone who's shaping the world of business and we call them business shapers. I'm extremely pleased to say my business shaper today is Celia Atkin. You may not have heard of her, but you will do by the end of the programme because Celia is one of the people behind the Avent business and if you have children you will know because the Avent bottle reinvented the way that mums were able to give their children milk including some of my children as well I hasten to add you'll be hearing lots about Celia and from Celia and it isn't just a story about baby bottles either Uh, in addition to hearing from her you'll be hearing from our program partners at Mishkondorea some words of advice for your business and then we've got the music and it's brilliant today and it includes Otis Redding new music from Sarah McKenzie and this from William Bell and Judy Clay I've been gone and had your number changed But my love for you girls still remains the same That was Private Number and Brilliant Wars 2 from William Bell and Judy Clay. Celia Atkin is my business shaper here on Jazz Shapers and as I said earlier, she's one of the people behind the Avent Children's Range. They make uh, bottles which help your children drink milk so that they feel okay and they don't get all the horrible side effects that they get from other bottles in the in the past. But there's a lot more to say as well about Celia and she's going to be doing a lot of the saying hello and thank you for joining me. I'm pleased to be here. Now it's it's great. Celia, you don't you don't normally like to talk about what you do, I believe. You're, you're, you're a, sh- a humble and shy person so I'm going to be very, very gentle with you that's kind tell me uh, tell me a bit about you you are um, w- one of those um, women who has been a bit of a trailblazer in the world of business and it didn't just start with night in the late 80s with uh, the Avent business it started way back just give me a little sense of how you got to the point where you you set up your own business with your husband well I did French and German at King's College and um, I loved the arts and I always thought I would work in the arts because when you study French and German you read a lot of literature Goethe, Schiller, Corneille, Racine, Proust and um, I thought I would work in the arts but then completely by chance um, I met some Americans who were setting up a computer leasing business in Europe and they were very interested in the fact that I could speak French and German and so they asked me if I would work with them. And that was how I started in what was then was the computer leasing business, which was a new way of financing computers in the times when computers took up whole floors of whole buildings um, and needed air conditioning. And now your mobile phone has more power than those computers that took up whole floors and whole buildings. (laughs) 
Now, I, I imagine that there weren't many women in that world at that time. This is the late 60s, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and I understand that you started off as a PA and, mm-hmm. uh, and you soon, I think you were, as you call it, their, their first international negotiator. I was really lucky because the guy who I was working for was American from New York and he had worked with women on Wall Street um, and had seen how women could be successful stock and bond traders. And women had only been admitted to the New York Stock Exchange in 1965. So it was all pretty new. But I was lucky. And he said, why don't you try sales? And I said, are you crazy? I don't know anything about computers. And I don't know anything about finance. And he said, well, we know you've learned a lot from the questions you asked, and we'll teach you the rest. And I also understand, I think there was, I, I love this notion in America that there are these private dining rooms for companies. And I believe you were the first woman to be admitted into the private dining room. It's like golf clubs now. Even now, in 2017, there are still certain golf clubs that don't admit women, which is extraordinary. But it, back then, unfortunately, as you said, in 65, they weren't even allowed to, to, to trade. What was it like at that point, breaking that initial glass ceiling? Did you even think about it like that? Um... Well, I did realise that I was the only woman in the locker room um, and it was quite interesting. Um, I thought it was very humiliating that women um, always had to start as PAs. And um, my mother had kind of brought me up to always think that I was um, as good as the next man. And... um, I guess that was what I thought. Yeah, it's true as well. I'm probably but the, not um, But the private dining room story was a bit different. Um, we left the computer, the American company, after a while um, to set up a leasing company for the Standard Chartered Bank. And they were very conservative. And um, the people who I had been working with, we all moved together, our team. And it was assumed that I would become the... European sales and marketing director because that's what I'd been before and that was when we had this first lunch in the private dining room of the Standard Chartered Bank with the board and um, I hadn't realised that I was the first lady to lunch there Well, stay with me for much more from my first lady um, of business and many more things at Celia Atkin, my business shaper today. Time for some more music This is Otis Redding with Hard to Handle But you got to go home with me. I forgot some good old love, and then I got some in store. When I get through throwing it on you, you got to come back for more. Boys and things will come by the dozen, but that ain't nothing but Otis Redding with Hard to Handle and it was good wasn't it it's still always good always good to hear the classics and that's what um, Jazz Shapers is all about Celia Atkins my business shaper today um, the, one of the women behind the Avent business which actually sold for about 100 million we think 100 million sales in 2006 to private equity which was really you know the, the end of the story in a way of that, of that part of your life but I want to go back to the American section and where you you were obviously going to be a successful businesswoman but you stopped you jumped out you went into the arts world you alluded to it when you, we first started chatting. Tell me about that and tell me about why the arts is just so important and such a magnet for you. 
I was very lucky because my parents took me when I was very young to see My Fair Lady um, at the Drury Lane Theatre and I was just completely bowled over both by the theatre. I can still remember looking up in the dome of the Drury Lane Theatre and looking at all the gold leaf on the balconies and just thinking this is heaven and then once the curtain opened up on um, Rex, Rex Harrison and Julie Andrews I was just completely transfixed and then I think the same year almost I was about five or six we went to see the Nutcracker Ballet and again I was just completely um, immersed and um, loved it and I guess ballet and theatre and film have always been great passions of mine and um, having studied literature as I said I did in, intend to go into the arts and then after seven years in the asset finance and computer leasing business I just thought I can't do this any longer and I got a job and it was a very lowly job um, with David Putnam and Sandy Lieberson and they had um, come together to set up a company called Good Times Enterprises and I used to answer the phone every morning and go good times, good times <laughs> and um, um, they were, they'd come together to make a film called Jabberwocky which was a Monty Python film, which was great fun. And I also worked on the um, pre-production of um, Midnight Express and I worked on Bugsy Malone and it was all great, but it was very hard. I mean, again, I had to be producer's assistant. Um, that was how women started in the 70s. And um, after about, and I enjoyed it hugely and I learned a huge amount about the film business. I learned, one of the things I learned that has helped me a lot in interior decorating is that lighting is the most important thing. The most amazing thing is to walk onto a set mm. and then see the light designers bring the set alive. And um, I have the greatest admiration for lighting designers. Anyway, I worked in the film business for 18 months and then the guys who I'd worked with before were setting up their own asset finance company and they asked me to come back and um, it, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And you so did. I went and, back. and in your life, I mean, it sounds like the, the pull of the arts and the passion of the arts has always sat there, it hasn't disappeared. But it's also, you're obviously very good at making money, and not just for yourself but, and for the family, but also for other people. Where's that come from, do you think? Why, why, are you, why have you been so commercially successful? I don't really know. I don't know. I love business. I love, I mean,. I always say I'm in the art of persuasion because that's what doing deals is all about, really. And um, maybe I could have been a lawyer, but um, I guess it's, I don't know, it's in my blood. Stay with me to find out more uh, about Celia Atkin and, and what makes her tick and how she's been such a successful person in the world of business and also in the arts. We're going to come on to a little bit more about what she's been doing uh, recently. Latest travel in a couple of minutes and before that, some words of wisdom for you in your business from our programme partners at Mishkondare. Hi, I'm Greg Campbell. I'm a partner in the employment department at Mishkondare. I've been practising in employment law for 20 years. Mishkondare, one of the interesting things we do is we act both for senior executives and for corporate employers. So we do get to see both sides of the debate. A lot of my clients are starting up in business and the questions they ask are, well, what should I be thinking about when I hire new staff? What I would say is the important thing is write down a contract of employment. 
It doesn't matter that you haven't written one down. There is a contract of employment in existence the moment you hire somebody. By writing it down, you make it clear what each party's expectations are and you minimise the risk of any disputes in the future. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers. It's on every Saturday here on Jazz FM from 9 till 10. You can also hear it if you happen to have missed some on iTunes. There's a lot in there. And British OS High Life, cityam.com are also destinations for you if you've missed any of the fantastic guests I've had on the programme. My fantastic guest today is Celia Atkin, and she's one of the key people um, behind the Avent business, the bottle, the short and stubby bottle, I can relate to that, with a wider teat. Um, I'm now actually being, I'm now confirming that is true, it's had a wider teat and and that is um, why it's been so successful for little children. Now, Celia, you had your first child, Mm -hmm. uh, Ross, I believe back in 1982, and you had problems breastfeeding, and like any good idea, or rather any good entrepreneur, you said, well there's a problem we're going to fix it just tell me a little bit about what happened once you realized that your husband and an engineer and inventor could actually do something about this well i have to say it was his idea basically my son was born early and um he was quite small and i didn't imagine that i would have any problems breastfeeding him because after all i'd been um a director of a public company united <laughs> leasing had floated and you just think well women breastfeed in fields uh, i should be able to do it and then after 10 days the health visitor came around and said if you don't give that baby a bottle he's going to be brain damaged which is the last thing a woman new mother wants to hear So my husband made up a feeding bottle and um, he realised, or we soon realised, all the disadvantages of the classical feeding bottle. And he decided to make a bottle that was more like breastfeeding. And um, he was already in the plastics business and he is a fantastic inventor, engineer, designer. And so he started to think about making a teat that was wider, more like the breast, and Mm. which would enable women to combine breast and bottle feeding more easily. Because that was the thing in those days. Um, Once you'd gave a baby a bottle, Mm. it was difficult for them to go back to the breast. What's fantastic is, and of course, and then over the next, I think, just around 20 years or so, you build that business into 100 million sales, you then sold it and so on. But that that ability to take the problem and to have someone who can fix it and then for you to be involved in the business in such a significant way, um, I think you were involved in the marketing Mm -hmm. and your husband was more on the ground in the manufacturing part of it. What was it like working with him all of those years? Did Did it change the nature of a relationship forever? Wow, that's a deep question. Well, I think it did It did bring us um, very close together. I think we were close together anyway. Um, I think the good thing was that he is a uh, wonderful, as I said, inventor, engineer, designer, and I'm a persuader. So we were in completely separate, si- well, not completely separate silos, but we were diff- doing different things in the business. And so, and we trusted each other to do our own thing and I think if we'd been very close together it would have been more difficult Mm. and conflict resolution how did that I mean were were there conflicts well I think there are always conflicts in business but you have to work through them and I think having respect for the other person's ability I think he had respect for me because I was already um, 
in international sales and marketing when he met me i was already a director and you know in finance so he respected me and i respected him for what he was doing so and of course you said but i'm always right and he said yes you are <laughs> i wish <laughs> you wish you wish stay with me for more from celerac uh, in my business uh, shaper time for some more music this is sarah mckenzie with one jealous moon <laughs> That was Sarah McKenzie with One Jealous Moon. Celia Atkin is my business shaper. We've been talking about all sorts of things, from uh, problems and solving them to different roles in a marriage and uh, making a business work and respect, which I think is a very a very important point. Now, these last 10 years or so, and here we are, because it is just over 10 years since you sold the business, um, I believe that your husband set up an innovation hub that you're, that you're also involved with just outside Cambridge. Um, you have moved back into the passion world, the world of the thing that you love, which is producing. Are you just having the time of your life? I mean, is this, is this the best bit so far? <laughs> well, um, we're certainly having a very good time. It's good to have more freedom, but it would be awful not to do anything. We, my husband very much enjoys having this innovation hub arc at um, outside Cambridge. Um, he's working on power-assisted bicycles, which have the same technology as we used in our breast pumps. <laughs> so that <laughs> it sounds amazing, but um, it sent the bike senses when you need more power. So it doesn't just just kind of you know it's not an electric bike that just doesn't you know you, mm. takes you along you pedal and it senses when you need more power to go up a hill and just like the breast pump sensed when the mother needed to express how much milk to express are you still looking at the business world and ideas do they just occur to you all the time or are you a bit well, more well my husband is a definite inventor and he's always looking how, looking for how to make things better i'm just in interested in the marketing side and one of the um, products that um, came our way were some wonderful designers from the Royal College of Art, Kelly Sant and Arash, and they had um, designed this flat pack mannequin for window displays, um, which is also recyclable and sustainable. And it hangs and it lights, and um, my husband helped them put it into production, and I've been helping them with the marketing. It's called Manichino, and um, it's great. I see it in Topshop, I see it in Gayox, I see it in River Island, and mm. it's that's the great thing about helping young people um, bring their products to the market and then seeing them being used. It's great. It's a buzz. Stay with me for more of the a bit more of the buzz and a bit more about um, the arts as well because that's where Celia is at at the moment. Um, that's my business shaper, Celia Atkin. Um, you're also going to hear a track from Herbie Hancock, and that's all coming up after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal.
Herbie Hancock with the iconic Cantaloupe Island. Celia Atkin is my business shaper just for a few more minutes. Uh, she's the woman uh, with her husband, the husband, husband and wife team behind Avent, and they sold their business in 2006. Um, and actually, before we talk about the arts, I, uh, we, we forgot to talk about this, this great story about the due diligence process. I believe that Phillips were interested in buying that business before Charterhouse, the private equity house, did it. Just uh, tell me a little bit about why you didn't wait around for the Phillips bid. Mm-hmm. Well, Phillips approached us and they wanted to buy Avent, and um, but they wanted to spend a year d- um, doing due diligence, which is when they send a team of 30 people into the company and go through everything with a fine tooth comb. And um, as I said to my husband, you know, due diligence is like when a woman takes off all her clothes and the guy looks at her and says, no, thanks. And I said, we don't need to go through that. We already knew Charterhouse, um, the private equity company. And so we called them and said, um, we've decided to sell the business. Are you interested? And they said, yes. And we said, oh, and by the way, Philips are interested. So maybe in the fullness of time, you can sell it to them. And they did. OK. Um, tell me about this this production you're involved with right now. What's going on at the moment? OK, so I'm very excited because um, I've known the choreographer Christopher Wielden for eight years. And he um, was originally at the Royal Ballet. And then he had um, a very long career as a dancer and then as a choreographer in America. And then he was asked um, if he would direct American in Paris. And American in Paris was a classic um, 1951 film based on Gershwin's symphonic poem, um, jazz poem about when Gershwin first went to Paris. And um, Christopher is such an incredible choreographer. He's got such brilliant taste that I just knew I had to be involved in the project from the beginning. And um, So you're the Uber producer? I'm one of the producers. There are a number of producers. And is it a similar skill set to the skill set of running a business? Um, Well, producing is also about bringing the right team together and leading the team and having a vision and... But I have to say, I'm a very small part of the whole co-producing team, but I just had great faith in Christopher and I knew that he would do something absolutely magical. And we started at the Châtelet Theatre in Paris and it had a six-week run there and it got incredible reviews. And then it was on Broadway and it was nominated for 12 Tonys and we won four. And now it's on tour in America and it's opening at the Dominion um, Tottenham Court Road, just around the corner from here. So so really, I mean, you're not very successful, are you, Celia? I mean, touch the business thing, it works quite well in the world of theatre. I mean, it's it's fabulous and... and um I just love the fact that you're so understated about it, actually, because you, you you sort of almost your your eyes are, are, are sparkling when you talk about this thing, because obviously you're passionate about it, but you're amazingly um, unshowy offy, which is really nice. Well, that's kind of you. Listen, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It's good to hear the story. We haven't heard that people probably wouldn't have heard the Avent story and the woman, one of the one of the key people behind it, where well, they have now. Um, I hope the theatre run goes really well. I'm sure it will. And thank you for joining me. Just before I let you go, before you scuttle away, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? OK, so I've chosen They Can't Take That Away From Me. It's a Gershwin song. It's a classic. Um, it's, of course, in American in Paris. 
And um, I've been a friend of Jamie Cullum for about 12 years. We met him when he was first signed to Universal. And um, he did make a, a recording for us um, from, for our 35th wedding anniversary of my husband's favorite songs from the Great American Songbook. And this song was one of them. Brilliant. Well, here it is just for you. The way you wear your hat The way you sip your tea The memory of all that No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile just beams The way you sing of key that was Jamie Cullum with Gershwin's They Can't Take That Away From Me, the song choice of my business shaper today, Celia Atkin. Someone with really diverse skills and passions uh, from the arts to business and someone within the world of business who absolutely loved what she did. And for her, fundamentally, the most important thing was the power and the art of persuasion. Really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday here on Jazz FM at 9am sharp for another edition of Jazz Shapers. Meantime, stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.